0: Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty, a podcast hosted by Children's Hope Chest. This podcast challenges the Western perception of international poverty by elevating the voices of local leaders each month. It's our desire to share stories from people around the globe who work tirelessly to see vulnerable communities transform. We believe that building two-way relationships will break the cycle of poverty My name is Will Crooks. As part of the advancement team for over 10 years, I have the privilege to find and build relationships with churches and businesses. Today we are very, very excited to have a Connect Community uh, Hope Chest partnership leader Jen De Bruin with us. Jen, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: So where so where in the world are you uh, right now? And tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got connected with Hope Chest.
1: Okay, well, I am in Ankeny, Iowa, and I have two boys, Caden and Ashton, who are sixteen and fourteen, and my husband Dylan. And we have been connected with Hope Chest for about as long as you, I think, it's like ten over ten years. So
0: that's right. That's right. I think we're coming up on a on a dozen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're over. Yeah, I think we're at 11 officially, probably.
0: Mm hmm. No, that's good. And so you've seen some remarkable transformation, um, probably in, in yourself and your own family, but also at the care point. And well, We will get uh, into that, but a little bit about you know what initially connected you as a Connect community. Hope Chest has a lot of church partnerships, but a Connect community is a little something different. So, what appealed to you about the Hope Chest model as a Connect community?
1: Well, we we originally started out thinking we would start our own nonprofit. So we're like, hey, we want to make a difference in the world. How can we do this? So my husband and his business partner actually went to Africa and met with a bunch of different people. And the very last thing they got told was, whatever you do, just go back to the United States, find a company who's actually doing this really well and partner with them. And so we came back and did some research and we found Children's Hope Chest, And we loved your community, community model of taking a community here. Because we were just, we were our business, our friends and family. And didn't know how to get started and so we loved what you were doing and this connect, connect connect community where we got to be a part of an entire community of people in a developing world just really made sense to us and was exciting
0: yeah most churches you know they'll they'll do the the friendship model uh the child sponsorship and and they'll have maybe 50 maybe 100 maybe 200 uh, you know, uh, relationships through their congregation. And that's kind of, they get to see them every Sunday. As a connect community, this is a group of maybe co-workers, friends, uh, uh, your network there in Iowa, and you're probably network around the U.S. You have grown this thing over the past 10 to 12 years to hundreds and hundreds of people that are connected. How did you do it?
1: well i think a lot of it is through relationship right which is what hope chess is about building relationships um we started through i mean social media was our big platform is how we started um we received a bunch of pictures of these beautiful kids who needed sponsors and we posted them all on facebook like hey who wants to make a difference in the world who wants to connect and we just had people from all around the country jumping in and wanting to be a part of it right away so we have amazing friends and family and yeah i'm co-workers and um, it is pretty fun to see like one person would sponsor we'd thank them and then their friends would all want to know about it which is the beauty of the connect community
0: yeah it just kind of spread throughout and you guys have done a remarkable job uh, marketing and telling in in storytelling uh, storytelling is such an important piece of it and you guys have done so well
1: yeah, I think it, it's been an interesting journey because Facebook, I feel like we were like maybe on the front part of like starting to market and tell stories through Facebook. And now every person has something on Facebook that they're marketing and trying to tell a story. So it's definitely become interesting over the years, continuing to try to tell this story and spread. Um, but yeah, social, that's like the one thing when people like talk bad about social media, we're like, oh man, there is so much benefit as as well and we've helped transform communities because
0: of it yeah for sure Uh, some HPLs maybe get stuck of maybe there's not more out there or gosh um, you know over especially during COVID several of my sponsors have left and there's a gap and I need to find more sponsors what type of encouragement or insight would you give to those that uh, maybe have a gap and are looking to what do I do next
1: Uh, Well, I think continuing to build those relationships. Right. So we we have amazing other business partners who we connect with every year. So it's continuing to talk to them, continuing to tell them the need. And um, I mean, honestly, I got stumped during COVID as well. Like it, it was a hard time, but it's. I think what really helps, too, is continuing to get stories from the ground. Like every time I have a need, in my community or hear of a story of success. Like I can continue to tell that to all of my sponsors and the more I can be in contact with them, like they want to be a part of it. Everyone wants to make a difference. And so you tell them a story, even just yesterday, I was like, Hey, I need a few laptops for the college students. And I just had people one after another, like, Oh, I want to buy one. I want to buy one. And so every opportunity that they, they can give, they want to. So it's like the more we can learn from our people on the ground, what the needs are, the more we can tell our, people in the community, how they can make a difference.
0: Well, I think there's two things in that, because Jen and Dylan DeBrain are pretty infamous in the Hope Chess world, having you know three care points in Uganda and the amount of development that has happened. Uh, you hear a lot of times, how do they do it? So to hear you say you understand the challenge uh, is probably an encouragement uh, to a number of our listeners. Uh, but what I hear you saying is, just keep at it. Keep talking. Keep sharing the need. Keep sharing story. Present opportunities for people to engage. That's, that's what I hear you saying.
1: Completely. And every story of success we hear encourages our sponsors to want to keep going.
0: That's good. So keep, keep, keep the narrative going. Love that. Um, so three care points. uh, uh Ogaloy, Bukedia, Bukedia. Uh, I've been to all of them multiple times. They're some of my favorite places in the world to go, without a doubt. And I'm sure those are three of some of your favorite places to go, you and your family. How many times have you guys been? What, why do you keep going back?
1: Yeah, I think I've been 10 times. Dylan's probably been 15. And each of our boys have started going at age seven. So they've each been, I think, four or five times themselves. And it's really about the relationships, right? Every time people ask, you know, what do you do there? We're like, it's all about building relationships. So we have built these incredible relationships with our staff, with the kids, with the family, the guardians, the community members. And you just have to keep going, right? These are part, these are your children.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Just this idea of that connection that you have in the relationships over the years and seeing the children uh, grow up and, and seeing families uh, be, become more and more um, self-sufficient, the community caring for one another, just really, really powerful stuff. But you're saying kind of this legacy thing, right? Passing it down uh, to your kids. You're talking about bringing seven-year-olds across the world to some of the remotest places on earth. Um in in Uganda, how has that experience been and how did you as a mom think, Well, this is okay, let's 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 go with it with a seven year old? Because a lot of people ask that question, when is it right? When is the timing right? How did you and Dylan come to that uh understanding for your family?
1: Well honestly, we had no concerns. Like some maybe grandparents had concerns and other people but we knew the people of Uganda are amazing people and we know how much they love us and we knew how much they would love our children and take care of them. And that we had no concern for their safety. Like there's some days, even when our children were like, we're like, I don't know where they are. They're just off on their own, wandering the villages with their spot. You're like, we know that these people are so loving and caring and will do anything for our children and our family. So we had no question that that it was a good decision for us to bring our children. Now, we expect our children to act like adults, so not all children are probably capable or mature enough to go at age seven.
0: Right, right. Yeah, we like to say at Hope Chest is when the child can go and not have to be parented. Um, and yeah. that that age is different for, for, for every family, uh, for sure. Uh, that's this idea of that they're, they're able to go and contribute and be able to receive as well as as give, you know, in this reciprocal relationship. Cause that's what relationship is, right?
1: Yeah. One of my favorite stories is or like memories when Ashton went for the first time, he was seven. That's my youngest. And at the end, like the last day they asked him to come out in front of everyone. And he doesn't like to be the center of attention. They're like, Ashton, come forward. So he had to go in, in between two hundred, three hundred people, like. And they start singing and dancing. And all of a sudden, all the seven-year-olds in the community come present him with this beautiful toy that they had made for him. And then they asked him to dance. So he had to spend three minutes dancing by himself. And then like just like such a beautiful opportunity for him to get out of his comfort zone and show them love and have fun. Yeah, it's, it's pretty special.
0: That's a wonderful story. Wonderful story. So probably the hardest question, because I could ask this about your children. You know, you have three care points in Uganda under uh, orphans of Tesso, uh, Bukadia, Ogoloi, and uh, Ongongaja. Which is your favorite, Jen?
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know you can't answer that. I'm sure each one is special and different and unique in its own way. Um, but what kind of development have you seen over the years? How have you seen those care points transform?
1: Well, we've seen a lot of, we have a lot of skills development um, schools, I guess, that that have started that have been really fun to watch. So like tailoring schools, carpentry schools, and just bringing these children in who maybe school's not right for them and getting this opportunity to get a skill. And now be able to provide for themselves. So I love that transformation of like, let's let's find ways to provide jobs for these students and help them provide on their own. And we've had already, we'll have over a hundred kids who have graduated who are fully providing for themselves, who are fully able to take care of their families, pull themselves out of that cycle of poverty that they've been stuck in for years. And they've come up with so many ideas on their own. I, I love showing up and seeing that they've done something without us even knowing about it, like starting beekeeping or they've created this metalworking thing Business where they make metal or they make pans out of scrap metal, or they start a bakery, or some of those things they've just come up with on their own, and now they're starting to find success without us at all, which is beautiful.
0: That is that. Uh, providing those opportunities and possibilities uh, through the relationship, through the community to community partnership, where you become a catalyst to you don't know what. Sure, there's a development plan in place, but you don't know what's going to happen in the minds uh, of, of children and, and young adults in that community and where it will lead them. So, you know, very, very exciting stuff for sure. You bring a lot of people. Uh, uh, as you said, you've been 10 times and and you you lead people that have never been to Africa or maybe, maybe never even traveled outside of the country. Can you tell us either a travel story or uh, can you think of a person where, you know, you really saw their life change because of, of going?
1: Yeah, I can think of two specific stories, but one, and I'm guessing this is probably was her first time traveling out of the country, an older lady who was retired came along with us and she just loved hope to us, She loved what was happening there, loved her experience. And she actually came out of retirement in order to make money and sponsor like 10, 15 children. So like her life was, you know, she was like, I want to be a part of this. I want to make a difference. And she came back and started um, working again so that all of her money that she made could go to sponsoring children.
0: That's fantastic. I love that. I love that is, hey, l- get me back in the game. There's, there's purpose now you know, you've added purpose uh, to 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 her life in that way. That's a great, great story.
1: And then we have another one. So another girl, Jamie, who she had been with us, she fell in love with the people of Uganda. And she actually ended up starting her own care point just like five miles or maybe it was like one mile down the road. She's like, oh, I want to be even more a part of this. Let me go start my own care point and impact 120 more children in her whole community. So like, has been fun watching that
0: transpire as well. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I didn't remember that Jamie Winger. We're probably talking about, right? Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. So that transformed her life. That transformed how many other hundreds of people's lives, um, just just by going, by participating, by building that relationship. Amazing. Yeah. Those are two fantastic stories and just how it multiplies uh, for, for sure. Now, I'm not putting you on the spot because I'm not asking for your favorite and I'm not asking for most memorable. Uh, but tell us about one relationship maybe that you've created and sustained uh, through all your years there.
1: Yeah, well, one when- One girl who stands out a lot is this beautiful girl in uh, um, Bucaday. Her name is Anna Grace. And she has the most beautiful smile. And we always say like the biggest smile in her heart too. Like she's the most loving, caring, and beautiful girl that we just get very excited that we get to see her every time that we go. And she, you know, she's never asked for anything more. She's just always wanted to be there. Her English has always been good, so it's easy for us to connect with her. So from day one, when we showed up there, she has been by our side, helping translate, helping connect. And I just saw a picture from the last trip. She actually has a baby and is um, engaged to be married and has like finished her schooling. So it's just so fun to see now that she's on this path of a good life. And yeah, we love her so much.
0: Mm, That's good. Anna Grace, you say?
1: Yeah, Anna Grace in Bucadeo.
0: Mm, That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we'll be praying for Anna Grace and uh, so, so exciting as, you know, she continues to grow up and just being able to watch her, you know, grow up over the years. It does. There's this feeling of connection and family, isn't there?
1: Yes. That's why we're like, we have to get back soon. It's been too long.
0: <laughs> it has been too long. Yeah, for sure. That's a, a, a great reminder is, is let's, let's get back. Uh, and for each community, it's going to be different in terms of how they feel about safety and things like that. But it's important to continue to go, uh, to, to stay engaged uh, and to, to build those relationships. Well, Jen, uh, let let you have the final word before we close today. Anything that you would want to say to, you know, HPL leaders uh, or sponsors, uh, friendship sponsors that are listening today uh, to just bring either uh, something that you've learned or a word of encouragement? Uh, what, what would you want to
1: say? Oh, man. Well, I think. I think, like you just said, like getting back there is so important. I think when we go into our villages, we see the work that's being done. We connect with our people. It gives us rejuvenation to come back and keep going, keep doing the work because the work is getting done. The amazing work is getting done in Uganda every single day. But then our work is to come back, continue to engage our sponsors, continue to show the need and allow people the opportunity to be connected. So go as soon as you can. I do encourage that. And yeah, I just think continue to be encouraged by what's happening there and know that you, your work it can be hard. It can be tiring it can be discouraging, but it is making a difference and it's truly transforming people's lives. So keep going.
0: Mm. And our lives are being transformed as well. Thank you so much, Jen, for taking the time with us for storytelling uh, and, and all of the great work uh, that, that you do. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this episode of Children's Hope Chests, Build Relationships, Break Poverty. You can follow Hope Chest on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast.